Hey, welcome to Real Talk, episode 126. I'm Todd, this is AJ, and we're back. Mean, mean, mean. We're back. <laughs> so, what is Real Talk? Real Talk's an opportunity to talk about life, God, the Bible, and everything in between. Somewhere here, perhaps on this video or somewhere else, you will see a link. Well, it won't be an active link if it's on the screen, but you'll see a website, an address to type in, www.theremnant.life slash real. That's R-E-A-L dash talk. That's real dash talk. Click it. Go down to submit a question. Wrong way. Put it in. Go down to submit a question. Click the button. It'll pull up a form fillable box. Tippity tap your question or topic in. And guess what? It'll go into our database completely anonymously. Couldn't find it if you tried. We really just want to be a platform and a way for you guys out there that are Christians that have maybe personal things that you feel uncomfortable asking in person to your pastor or someone. Or maybe it just feels weird. Um, to share, or maybe you're in a situation and you're dealing with a situation that you want to do what's right, but hmm. you, you're you're kind of your hands are kind of tied. It can be a bunch of things, or maybe you just want to get ideas on and thoughts on what's going on in culture today, and what do Christians think about that? And um, if you're a non-Christian out there watching this for some reason, we hope that you stick around and see that we don't pretend to have it all together. No, nope, not we even certainly all. are not perfect. We'll tell you that right up front. <laughs> I know it'll be hard to tell, um, but. We do love God, and we love people, and uh, man, we love you, and we want to talk about it. Let's talk about Amen, life. Amen, brother. Let's do it. So, if you're watching, if you're listening to the podcast, I'll do a sound. I have a fly swatter, <laughs> and you may ask yourself why. Well, AJ, it's that time of year where we have been beset, attacked, <laughs> Dare I say swarmed by flies. Oh, my gosh. I have you and I, uh, Clint, bringing this weapon. I believe Funter and Clint has one himself here. He does. And uh, we have, we, we did not attack first, uh, but we certainly attacked last. Right. And we have struck down two of them. Uh, we'll see what happens as the show goes on. But I can't handle it. They just keep landing all over us. They drew first blood. <laughs> yeah. So... Boy, I made that really serious, didn't I? Yeah, but yeah, that's what this is. I don't think there'll be one, but hey, you never know. Oh, yeah. I mean, like you said, it's an army of flies trying to take over our homeland. So We won't stand for it. We won't stand for it. Freedom. America. For now. We all stay... <laughs> oh, man, that's hard not to go into that one. So, <laughs> typically, we have, thanks to the Pod Squad. Pod Squad. You folks, you real talk homies. You, uh, you guys have been really active. We're very, very thankful. Hope you continue to ask questions and topics. We're kind of catching up. Oh, yeah, man. Um, but keep sending them in. They've been good ones, even if you think, oh, you know what? I don't know um, if, you know, these are useful or whatever, or, you know, these are probably stupid. There is no such thing. I really believe that as a stupid question because you're asking oh, for someone. Absolutely. So I guess briefly, typically the last two weeks we've kind of just gone with questions, and it seems to have been a big hit. Yeah, people really seem to be enjoying it. So we're going to keep doing that. However, I figure we can give at least a brief, maybe it isn't about our life, overview, faith. We'll call it AJ's Corner. AJ's Corner. And <laughs> the drive-thru, where we just give you fun turns like, good gosh, Todd. <laughs> where we can, uh, we'll just catch you up a little bit. So AJ, it could be what's going on in your life, it could be mm -hmm. a thought, something God's teaching, and I'll give the same so people know that, you know what, we're real people. Um, AJ's corner. Here we go. Um, I'm gonna go with. I'll try to keep it as brief as I can. You know, life, life, 
what I'm learning is it always comes down to a choice. You know, it comes down to whether or not you decide to do whatever it is you do. And what I mean by that is there's never been a point in my entire life where I was forced to do something when Mm. I think about it. Mm. You know, I think we tend to make excuses for ourselves. You know, well, I know I I did this because of this or that. You know, we put these chains on ourselves that and we use them as excuses to not own up to the fact that we consciously make choices sometimes we do whether they're good or bad at the end of the day it's all choice man and for me i'm on a journey with that because i know if when i am in my emotions i can make excuses for myself of why I, i make bad decisions or why i I choose not to care about things sometimes. You know, I can say, well, you know, I was anxious, I was this and that. And like, those may be valid things and things I feel, but at the end of the day, it's a conscious choice to live out of what you want to live out of. And, and so for me, being a Christian, if I want to live out of being more like Jesus, I make that choice, especially, mm-hmm. you know, if I believe what I believe, because the Holy Spirit is able to guide me and convict me to be more like Jesus. So that's kind of just a brief, brief stint. Of life, I guess. It's good, man. Yeah. It's powerful. Thank you. Make that choice. That's a good, uh, I make that choice. It's a good, it's a good, I don't know. It's a pretty powerful statement, I guess. That's a good mm-hmm. way to put it. And what about Todd's drive through <laughs> Um, Man, I'm trying to think. <sighs> I'm on a journey, man. I know we all are. I, 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 um, call, what can I say on the surface to get this started? I just confess to the guys, I tend to be someone who likes to go, go, go. I don't rest well, and I'm not glorifying that. I know in America and even in the church that can be something that everyone's kind of proud of. Like, I just go till I, I grind, and like I do grind, but I don't think it's a good thing. And I think it's borderline sinful um, because I don't rest and I don't do the things I need to do. And sometimes as far as like taking time to not even take care of myself, I think it's just resting because God told us to. And I think sometimes in the rest and the quiet's when he speaks to us, right? When mm, we can really. That's good, man. And so because of that, you know, I tend to, the guys, we kind of joke about it most of the time. Like, I'll go and then all of a sudden something in my body, whether it's my stomach, my back, something's like, yep, we've gone too far. Um, well, recently, the last probably two weeks, I've felt it. And it's been odd. And I don't know why God is doing this, but I'm, I'm not just reacting physically. I'm feeling it mentally, emotionally. I'm feeling this sense of, I told the guys, like, I feel like I'm on a, on the edge. Mm. Um, you know, and that's no one's fault but my, my own because I have a tendency. I justify it because I want to love people well. And that is the motive. But I, I mean, that's just a good motive. It's just convenient that yes, I do want to love people and I never want people to not, you know, if I can help, I want to help. And that goes for anything. Or like if I can make stuff better even. Maybe sometimes it's not even people. Like if I can think through something or work through something and make it better, then it's mm. for people and for God and for the kingdom. But the truth is, man, sometimes if I'm really honest, a part of it is I don't want to sit with my thoughts. And if I, if I, if I stop grinding, then I have to do that. And I don't mm. like that because those thoughts are not always things comfortable to deal with or things that yeah. I want to deal with. So there's that. Um, everyone, if you're a long-term viewer of this show or listener, you know that I, I am, I am truly fascinated by the idea that this is this is all real. Christianity's real. Christ is risen. He's alive, and what that does for my life, and 
you know, uh, I, I believe sometimes it comes off as critical of the church when it really isn't, because I consider myself meaning the church with the Capital C Christianity. That's right, yeah. Because I consider myself part of that. So when I do that, I'm saying, I guess I'm saying we. And I wonder at times how far it goes. How far does grace go? What does it mean to be a disciple? What does it mean to be a disciple if there's areas that I don't like about who I am that aren't measuring up to Jesus and I want to change them, but I'm having a hard time doing it. But I know in my heart I want to. A lot of times the world will say there's no room for that, right? You can, you can struggle once, twice, maybe three times, but after that, you're just choosing it. Mm. And that even fits sort of in a, you know, as, as I ponder church discipline, our church has had to deal with some stuff lately, church discipline issues. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. But it's <laughs> bottom line is what's the difference then, right? Well, I think the admittance that, it's, that whatever that thing is is wrong and that you want to change it versus saying it's not. Right? There has to, does that make sense? There's something in this journey about, I truly see this. Um, God honors the humble and opposes yes, the proud. Absolutely. And so if that's true, what does that look like? Um, I mean, how do we deal with that? Because I see it in myself, these areas that I know aren't okay. Hmm. And then I know someone might say, you know, how can you be that way and, and believe what you believe? And I, I guess I want to say sometimes as I think through it, like that's exactly why I believe what I believe because the fact that that's in me and I can't change it on my own proves that Jesus was telling the truth, that, that the Bible is true. I do what I don't want to do and don't do what I want to do. Right? I find this war within me, Romans uh, chapter 7. So kind of thinking about that, and I, I don't mean to be mopey with that because – that's deep, man. Yeah, I like to think about those things. Also, it's life. Random and, yeah, it is. For you guys out there, too, don't take a stumble, even if it's a thing you get up and you keep sl slipping and falling. Don't let anyone make you believe that you don't love Jesus because you stumble. Those that are false, right, the, the true hypocrites or the true people that are the ones who stumble but don't say they stumble. Mm. They don't, right? Like... That's right. Um, the fact that you're still trying, the fact that you feel conviction, you want to change, the fact that that you you want to be what you're supposed to be is proof of the Holy Spirit. So the other random encouragement we have is I didn't tell you this. So yeah, yesterday, if they're watching or listening, I don't know if they listen to the show, but they said they listen to our sermons. We okay. had a guy from Uganda. Yes. Now, I get it. A lot of times people listen, you're like, oh, you got one of those messages. Because you will get them, right? We all know sure. the old joke of like, Hey, I'm a prince in Nigeria. Send money in. Right. But that's what, not what this was. And this was a guy, and he's legit. We looked him up, and all he said was, I've been following your your, uh, your sermons for a long time, and they've blessed us. Bless me. We would love to see you have your church in Uganda. <laughs> and so I didn't tell you this because you knew about that part. Yes. So the fun turn. But I got we got a message from, I'm assuming, his wife on our contact us on the website and she, and she said the same thing wow. probably in case we didn't get the other message so pretty cool and i guess sort of also sobering in the fact that like you know there are people out there that that i don't know man they need encouragement they need the truth and doesn't matter where they live we're all united by the spirit you know amen man that's a true 
statement of the body yeah. for real. So there's that. Hey, if you're listening, last name Keith, right? I believe so. Last name Keith. Both of them. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Keith, their brothers. We love you guys. We saw your message. We will get back to you soon. And I know there's people out there going, oh, my goodness, they're falling for it. No, we did our background. This is real. <laughs> so appreciate you guys. Mm. That's awesome, man. Well, dive into some questions, shall yeah, we? Yeah, man, let's get it done. Let's do it. We got a whole lot here still. That's a fact, Jack. Hey. Um. <laughs> ready? Yeah, let's do it. Question one. I'm afraid to tell others about my faith. Is this wrong? Yeah. So, you know, yes, I guess to keep it short, you know, I think you should be willing to outwardly speak on your faith. But it's not wrong that they're afraid. Yes, it's not wrong that you're afraid. That you feel afraid of that. Yes. Well, yeah, good call. No, I was um, just thinking as you're talking. <laughs> um, yes, like Todd said, it's not it's not wrong to feel afraid to speak out on your faith, but I do know that, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, the Bible talks about us not having a spirit of, of you know, being timid, but of having, you know, a courageous heart. Mm. And, you know, there's going to come moments in life where you're going to have to outwardly speak on your faith. It's just going to happen you know, especially in a world that is so broken. So, you know, it's not wrong to be afraid of it, but if you let that affect whether you ever do it, then that is wrong. That's good, man. Yeah, I mean, we have to overcome that fear. I like that you, I, I wouldn't have even done that. I like the fact that you connected the idea of that we're not to live in fear in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I want to read a verse that I think is pretty, there's two verses that come to mind. Did I say one? You referenced it, sort of. <laughs> um, <laughs> so one... Buy some time, AJ, because it's getting quiet. Yeah, sure. So, hey, guys, uh, while you guys are listening and this, uh, we're buying some time for you, why don't you guys look into the Robinhood app and think about investing in Dogecoin? Oh, good God. We, this was completely unplanned. Do not, I'm going to do, do not take investment advice from us. This show is not responsible for any investment advice you make, nor do we. Any any opinions expressed by AJ are solely his and not that of Real Talk or the Remnant Church, Willie County. <laughs> All right. AJ is not an expert. AJ has done minimal research, and as well as he is, does not day trade, do not take any advice at all. I would day trade if they allowed me. Yes, you have done some research. I'm not even some. saying that I personally, you know, have my own view. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so this is kind of cool. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 9, starting at verse 35, then Jesus went to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, mm-hmm. that, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were weary and worn out like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest, meaning they need help, right? There's an, it's interesting that they need to know the truth. Mm-hmm. And then... I want you guys to hear in Romans chapter 10, I'll tell you what, that verse, uh, I mean, that chapter is just jam-packed, you know? Mm. You say it was Romans 10? Uh, yes. Nice. Now. Yep, I was Romans 10, 15 specifically. Okay. But um, this is Paul and... Faith comes with heard. Boy, this is great. I am. And how to just 
Keep buying time. Oh, hey. here we go. How can they call? And so he's talking about, verse 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Mm. But how can they call on him they've not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they're sent? Mm. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who announce the gospel of good things. So I love that because to encourage you, you know, you've been entrusted with the truth for people that are hurting, whether they know it or not, and they're That's dying. So and, and they need to know the hope that's only found in the good news of the gospel, right? That's the truth. So it's no, it's okay to be afraid. It is. But Jesus said, as you go. So amazing things happen when we walk in faith. And in the big scheme of faith, saying something to someone and telling, talking about your faith is is pretty, you know, isn't that big, at least yet. Right. And you want to practice now before it becomes really an issue. The other thing I think I want to bring up is, like, talk to someone about what you're actually afraid of. Are you afraid of the backlash? Mm. Are you afraid of sounding stupid? Are you afraid of being unprepared? What are you afraid of? And it's okay to, to name that and then try to, you know, train yourself or get uh, resources to help you not feel that way. That's really good, man. Yeah. I guess I didn't even think about that, yeah. naming specifically why you're afraid of it. There we are. <laughs> what you got? All right, next question. Is there a right and a wrong way to leave a church? Yes. I get this question a lot. Now, where is it in the Bible? Well, first of all, something to bring up for all of us here in America, especially. Back in the day, they didn't have churches on every corner, right, in the New mm -hmm. Testament. So the idea that you would just get upset at someone in the church and leave, like no one in Corinth is just going to go. Paul didn't tell them, hey, when you're upset in Corinth, just go ahead and move to Ephesus. Right. right. That's not realistic. Or imagine if we were truly in a country that's being persecuted. Are you not going to gather with people in the basement of some building to worship because you didn't like Bob? The truth is, the Bible says, um, even the idea of being called away from a church, I don't really yeah. necessarily believe that unless like you're moving or if the church is not preaching truth or, you know, I believe there's opportunities and reasons that that maybe. I don't necessarily think it's not a sin, Um Unless it's in the heart, the heart's wrong. Right. Then, but what one of the yes. things I think, bottom line, base level, this is how you should do it. You should definitely talk to your pastor. Um, you should let your church people know so that they don't believe there's any bitterness or hard feelings because people are going to think they did something wrong. That's how yeah. people are. So what is real love? And give them a chance to pray for you and send you out the right way. That's what mm. I believe. Um, you know, because yeah, man. God is a God of peace, especially mm. among his people. And what's the testimony? Right? Oh, it's great. I mean, yeah, because you're That's saying like I, I agree with you 100. percent Like you know, if you are willing to go through the process of like even like letting the church pray, like you know, pray for you, and, and you know, then you go after that. Like no one has. It's kind of what you said. Like nobody has to question what do we do wrong. Like they know. Like they're able to take the reasoning for these people leaving, and they're able to you know go, hey, let's pray for our brothers and sisters that are continuing their journey somewhere else. Like it's not. It becomes good instead of this. Mm -hmm you know, mangled mess of emotion. <laughs> it just becomes good. That's good, man. I like that. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's me, right, asking you Yes, now? sir. Um, man, sorry, I'm trying to get this organized. Oh, so I the question is, it. why are Christians so judgmental? Mm. I think, uh, you know, I don't think Christians overall are judgmental. I think we do have people who are hurt and broken, uh, that's, you know, there's no perfect person in this world, mm. um, you know, so, you know, that includes Christianity. Uh, I think Christians can be judgmental, I don't think they all are. Uh, the ones who can be judgmental, honestly, is all of us, I think we have our moments of it, but why? It all stems from hurt, 
you know, it all stem, you know, stems from that, you know, that sin nature we have inside of us, you know, that we're born with. And, you know, when we live out of our emotions, if, if the emotion we're feeling is hurt or, you know, or, you know, we sense someone is doing stuff that is similar to somebody who's hurt us, we can be judgmental, mm. um, you know, and we can decide to look at people differently based on what they do or who they remind us of or whatever, you know, um, Honestly, I don't like that question. I mean, I get it, but I don't like the question a whole lot because I think, and, and again, I think it's the church with capital C's fault in a way because I think we've let, you know, the world kind of paint this picture of what Christians are. And for some reason, we've let them paint the picture that we are perfect and we're above everybody when it's not. It's the complete opposite of what our faith stands for. What um, do you think when you think of the words judgmental, though? What's the definition? Like when they're asking this question, what are they meaning? Uh, I am taking things that you are doing or things you say and I'm making um, and I am putting you below me. So you think when they're saying judgmental, it's like they think they're better than them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting because um, I would agree that's probably what they're meaning. Mm-hmm. But so, I agree with everything you said. I also think that sometimes we're called judgmental because we call evil evil Oof, in, this, in this culture, mm. right? So it's not even about a person. So it's not about – I'm not necessarily telling Bob he's evil, but I'm saying that it is evil – to kill babies <laughs> or that it is evil to, um, you know, it could go on and on, um, manipulate children, you know, or I, it could yeah. be whatever it is. Sometimes because the Bible tells us what right or wrong is so that God's truth judges, right? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes Christians can get call, called judgmental because they don't necessarily agree, even if they're not trying to sometimes even if we're not trying to say we don't love you you don't have that right we we're just saying we think it's a sin and because we call it a sin we're called judgmental does that make sense yeah that's, that's so anyway, really good. so really what they mean is god's judgmental sometimes not every time i do agree with you there are christians that do that a lot for sure <laughs> yeah but sometimes it's not the christians that are judgmental it's god and god's word and mm. people don't like that i mean that's just the bottom line <sighs> you know that's good man i love that so Anyway. Yep. Next question we have for y'all. Why do I have to be responsible for the sin of Adam and Eve? Oh, boy. Um, well, a couple of reasons. One is if they were perfect, this is the best way I can actually describe it. If you're actually out there and you're not a Christian, you're wondering about this, or maybe you are. Here's the best way to describe it. You're not. You're being held accountable for your sins. Mm, that's good, man. You chose. That's right. You every day choose to sin against God. So mm. Adam and Eve are not the cause for your judgment. They may have led their actions, which you you do yourself. So really it doesn't even matter what they did. Exactly. They were the first to do it, but yep. you do it every day. Mm. And so you're not held accountable for their sins. You're held accountable for yours. Amen. Does that make sense? You yep. Think? Yep. I got nothing to add, man. That's perfectly well said. So... Did we? Did you skip? Yes, I actually skipped. No, that's fine. I just want to make sure. I'm trying to. Okay, so you guys probably wondering why I'm saying that. We try to keep track of this stuff so that later we know. Uh, That's why we're on our phones a lot too. Yep. Is that we're trying to keep it moving. Anyway, that's right. You ready? I'm ready. The question in hand is: (laughs) Why does it seem in some cases that a new believer has a stronger faith or overwhelming joy for Jesus than someone who's gone to church their whole life? Mm. So. It's a great question. I think that when someone becomes saved, uh, they just they experience for the first time in their lives what it's like to accept the truth of life. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, like they have accepted that what 
what they've done, they can't save themselves from. Mm, it's Jesus. Good. And there's that moment of freedom where you let it all go and you know that it doesn't matter what I do in this moment or what I have done or what I will do. Jesus has saved me. And I think that that, that lights people up. Um, unfortunately, you know, with kind of like what I said earlier, that sin nature and like our emotions and what life, like, you know, life can beat us down. I think eventually that, that spiritual high kind of starts to fade. Mm-hmm. Now, the sad part is, is it doesn't have to, but we just allow it to. Um, and so someone who becomes a new believer, you know, they're just on, you know, it's, they got that, what I, th- I think I've heard people call it like that, that new believer fire or whatever. And, uh, you know, they're just so bold and they want to tell people about Jesus. And I think the reason why it, the reason why it fades over time is because they, they're continuously hurt, whether that's from people who are not believers or even people who are believers. Uh, you know, they, you know, they accept they accept Christ and they accept the church and then they go into the church and the people in the church hurt them. That's hard. That's hard to deal with because, you know, what are you guys supposed to be known as for, you know, you're supposed to be known for your love for another. So why are they hurting me? You know, I think that stuff, even though you may be able to, you know, kind of pass that off and, you know, be like, you know what, like, yes, we're still humans and we're sinful, but that's a weight that is put on you. And I think eventually if you're not, if you don't, do what you're supposed to do, which is go to people, which we tend not to, and all this, you know, and we don't follow these steps that, you know, God has laid out for us, we do kind of fade away from that fire, you know, and I think we do start to doubt things, and, you know, I don't know, man. Yeah, I think that's really good. I agree with that, man. I think, because I'm sitting here thinking for myself, and it's funny, because you can probably remember it. I do. I like what you said, the freedom. When, you know, when you first, when you're first saved, it's it's when you put your faith in Jesus and you're transformed in that moment. Hmm. It it feels different. Yes. There is a it feels like it's lighter. Guys, we're not lying to you. We have no reason to I mean, that's the truth. And you live in that freedom and it's incredible. And they just tell you this is what it is, and then we start to live life, right? And we start to realize that for me, even when I messed up, I had conviction, right? I didn't know, mm-hmm. but I felt God's conviction changed me. Well, then when you go to church, you're dealing with other broken people and our sin begins to to hurt each other. Like yep. areas that God's trying to, what you mentioned. Um, but yeah, it's just odd that we, it reminds me of religion, right? We start to add these kind of man-made rules to our faith and it gets exhausting. And we, <laughs> we may say we don't, Christian, we still do. Yep. We still do. These little like things that we kind of accept as normal and we, we don't live in the freedom of, of the gospel a lot of times because we're like... If we're not careful, we can start to compare ourselves and compare sins, and, yep. and it just becomes this weird weight instead of freedom. Exactly, man. It's it's always stemmed in the emotion of hurt and it's just, fear. Yes. Shame. Mm-hmm. So the beauty is, if, I love what you said. If we do what God tells us to do, I don't think, even within the church, I don't think it would feel like that as much. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I don't uh, think 100% it would agree with you. Yep. All righty. Moving forward. Well, um, I think it's you. I think it is me. Yep. I'm going to go to the one I skipped on accident. How do you honor toxic parents? Good question. Sorry, I froze for a second. So I've I've been really I have a weird I have a weird relationship with the word toxic. I was kind of yeah. It's a Part of me is because is because it's become so like uh, so postmodern, so woke, so twenty first century, so Gen Millennial or Millennial Gen Z. It's like you don't like something, so you call it toxic. I think yeah. that's silly because it's kind of like um, <clears throat> prejudice. You know, when, when you say, when you call something prejudice because you didn't get your way, that makes light of real prejudice in the world. 
Does that yep. make sense? Uh -huh. So I think it's kind of the same way with toxic. That being said, let's assume in this case you mean, let's define toxic as truly negative, truly abusive. Maybe. Abusive. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. probably abusive. Honestly, if you're going to use the word toxic, it better be abusive. It's, yeah. Um, maybe emotionally, physically, mentally, those are real things. Sure. And you've tried. And also toxic for me to ever come to that is you've, you've tried to live it out and love them. And, you know, you've, what you've realized is, is that they just constantly tear you down. Mm. Here's the bottom line. I have some family members like this. You know this. Um, this is not speaking poorly of them. I love them. You know I do. I talk you about it. You definitely love them. Absolutely. However, that being said, I have realized that this is the best way I can put it. I have stopped putting any need on them. It's going to sound weird, okay? Think, think that through. I've stopped... Living out of a desire even, and I can't stop the desire, out of even the thought that they are ever going to be able to pour into me, yep. love me, see me, initiate relationship towards me. And all I try to focus on is how I can love them, truly. Yeah. And in doing that, it makes it easier. Now, do that's I good. still have moments of loneliness and hurt or like where that's hard? Absolutely. But um, I think that's it, you know, and, and it's – I like that this person asked this question because – God has told us to honor our parents. That's yes. important. So what does honoring mean? Honoring does not mean when we're adults that we have to do everything they say. Nope. That's not honoring right. does not mean we have to agree with them. Nope. Honoring does not mean we have to continually put ourselves in situations where that gets us hurt. Yep. But for me, the baseline level is if my parents called me today and needed anything, I would do my best to give them that. That's honor. Because they deserve that for being my parents. And I choose to try to see the best in them. That's you know? honor. Man, yeah, you're right. I think that's perfectly well said, dude. Like I don't And I and I and and the truth is, so I can be clear in case they ever see this, I do honor my parents and I do see the good in my parents, you know, and I think a lot of it you can find some in there. That's really Especially good to say too, man. I like that cuz like even like I think doing your best to see the good in what they've done for you, I, that's definitely honorable. Even this sounds crazy cuz I know some some people. It's easier for me to say that than like if someone someone I love's parents are one of the things I try to remember is even the very fact that they brought you into this world when they had the option not to deserves honor. Whew. That's good, man. That's yeah. really good. So try to honor them the best they can. That doesn't mean you need to be manipulated and all that. I hope that helps. Yeah. Focus on how you can love them without expecting the same love in return. Mm. All right. I think I asked you, right? Yep. Moving on. Mm. So... Boy, we have a topic here. I guess I can talk about it. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand, we may, I don't necessarily, I can probably kind of talk about it. Okay. Um, but it says the topic is legalism versus discipline. Okay. So I'm assuming what's the difference maybe and why do people get them confused? Okay. Um, so maybe define them first. I was going to say that. I think that would be best. Uh, I'm going to leave you to defining legalism. Because I don't want to yeah. give people I think false ideas. In Christianity, legalism. legalism is the idea that we have to that our salvation and our identity as a Christian is dependent on our actions. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like yep. it is a set of weights, right? Jesus said, "You put weights on people's back. Don't tell them how to take them off." Like it's it's that that kind of religious system in which what you do is control all the way down to whether or not you can cut your hair, whether or not I just heard a story from someone who said a friend of hers um, is not a, like, doesn't wear her glasses, even though she has to sit at the back at church because people then will come up to her older and tell her that she doesn't have enough faith. 
because she's using glasses. Oh, she man. can't cut her hair, has to wear certain things. So that's all legalism, right? It's, yeah. it's attaching your holiness and your identity, attaching it, not as fruit, but as the cause of your holiness and your relationship Ooh, with God. That's pretty good. Discipline. So uh, anyway, that, that would be legalism to me. Yes. I would love you to kind of think. I th- discipline, I think they're meaning church discipline, the idea that we hold each other to a standard as Christians. Right. So I think the key difference here is that, you know, Todd explained legalism very well. In the idea of legalism, your your value is not dependent on Jesus anymore and his sacrifice. That's really good. It's like not. That. It's now dependent on how you do things in this life, which is which is not right. Because mm. this, you know, salvation is a gift given. It's never earned. So Preach. the difference between that and, say, church discipline is we are trying to get you to understand in those moments that, hey, what you're doing is sinful. We're not attaching your value. Mm-hmm. We're not saying you're not saved anymore. We're saying, hey, we see that this is something inside of you that we need to work on, and we're gonna. And the crazy part is, is we're gonna walk with you through that. Yep. That's dis. That's church discipline. Yep. That's going. Hey, this is what's happening, and we we're gonna walk with you through it. We're not gonna say, well, you don't have enough faith. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I hope that's a good comparison. Yeah. But. So I think the the. Reason it's been brought up is sometimes when, and typically it's people in church discipline that are showing themselves. Which we have a topic on that. Yeah. If you if you're not a Christian, you're like, what's church discipline? Sounds creepy. It's really not. It's just saying, hey, you say you're a Christian. This is in you. You need to change. Actually, you should be happy about this if you're not a Christian, because probably one of the things is you will say Christians are hypocrites. Well, this is the idea of like, no, we're not hypocrites. We're yes, we will mess up. Yes, we will not do what Jesus tells us to do. But we aren't okay with that. Yep. And church discipline comes into effect when a person is unwilling to admit that their action is wrong. And so what ends up happening is, is like people come to you and try to get you to change. And then eventually if it gets all the way down to the point or get you to admit it even, not even change, Mm -hmm. get you to admit it, then you end up leaving, right? You can't be here because you're not actually even living as a Christian. So we're not going to say that you are because we don't know. Jesus says that. So discipline, church discipline always gives the opportunity to take the weight off your back. It always gives you the opportunity to return home. Legalism is always about... Um, I don't know. It's almost about crushing you underneath the weight of your own salvation. Yep. Versus discipline is giving you the opportunity to prove your salvation hmm. by your response to sin. Yeah, Does that man. make sense? That's really good. Um, and one is obsessed with sin. The other is trying to just get over, get over, like let's get over this. Let's just oh. admit it's a problem. Move on. Yeah, it's really good. Anyway, it's my thoughts. Nice. I love that. Okay. Um, I think you're up. Okay, next question is, what is, quote, grace? Uh, The real kind of definition of it in Christianity, or even particularly in Christianity, is um, when we talk about grace, we're talking about the unearned, unmerited, undeserved um, position in God's eyes. Mm. The unmerited favor of God the unmerited love of God. He gives us things we don't deserve. Amen. And it's tied to mercy. I think a lot of times, even me, will say grace in the sense of like, you know, you deserve death. Well, I'm not going to give you death, right? Mm -hmm. 
I actually think, and that's grace, and that's okay that we reference it that because it's possible. I actually think that's God's mercy. That's mercy, yeah. God's grace is when he says, not only am I not going to kill you, I'm going to dress you up in clothes like my son. I'm going to call you my son, yes. and I'm going to adopt you into my home. That's right. And then I'm going to give you blessings and gifts. Yes, he gives us yeah. the unmerited favor that we yeah. deserve. Hopefully that makes sense. Fun turns, does that make sense? Is that pretty clear? Oh, okay, yeah, that's really know. good. It's a beautiful thing, Grace. We can't ever lose it. Mm. Amen, dude. So, all right, question. What do you think was going through Peter's mind when Jesus went from calling him the rock to Satan? So to, to let everyone understand, Jesus shows up to meet, see this fisherman early on in the Gospels, and his name's Simon, and he says, hey, come follow me. And, you know, Simon says, yeah, and he looks at him, this uneducated, hard, kind of stubborn, we know through scriptures, guy, and he says, your name is Peter because you will be the rock on which my church is built. Right? And I'm sure the guy was like, what? And then by the end of it here in, in Matthew 16, essentially I could read it to you, but I know it pretty well. He says, surely you're never going to die. Jesus, you're, and Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, because you're focused on the things of this world, not the things of God. Um, so, you know, you've got in the one hand, Jesus is calling him the rock. Later on, he's like, hey, Satan. <laughs> um, what would be going through Peter's head? I'm sure Peter was probably confused. Um, he was probably upset, knowing <laughs> knowing knowing Peter's character that that is given. When when Peter's in his flesh, he's angry, and he's very he's very uh, impulsive. And so I'm sure he probably wanted to argue because that's also shown in, in Scripture is is Peter's willingness to argue with Jesus. Um, so what was going through his head? Probably confusion and just anger. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know what's kind of cool though with that? I just thought of this. Clearly, Peter knew the concept of Satan, right? Deceiver. He, he knew he's not Satan. So he wasn't saying, get behind me, Peter. Get behind me, Simon. He was, what's what's behind that thought is Satan. I still see Peter. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That's right. In a weird way, him doing it was, though it was harsh, was also like, I know it's not you. It's but yes, you, right? exactly. Yes. So that's pretty cool. I think I would agree. And I think probably some conviction. Because we know later on, the beautiful thing about Peter is he says, I think Peter is one of the first of the actual apostles. He goes, who do you say I am? He says, I think you are the Messiah. Mm -hmm. I think you are the Christ. So cool. And so, yeah, who knows? What's really crazy is after he betrays him, what was he thinking when he came back and loved him and said, will you feed my sheep? That kind of stuff. If you're not a Christian, it's going to sound crazy. We'll talk about it sometime. (laughs) Um, I think you're up, right? Um, Yes. Uh, is there a right and a... Oh, oh never mind. Yep. I'm so sorry. That's okay. It's probably double. My uh, bad. Send them to you. Sorry. Real question. Can I lose my salvation? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Can no, you, you can't. Can. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, you cannot lose your salvation. Mm. Uh, AJ mentioned it earlier. Uh, you know, in Christianity, our salvation is not dependent on our actions. Mm. It is dependent on Jesus Christ and the cross. That's right. We can't earn it. It's the unmerited gift of God. It says gift of God. In, in the Bible, um, the free the free gift of God. In fact, I'll read you a verse about that. Sure, because I think it's important for people to know. Um, actually, I just we just had this come up the other day on one of our quotes uh, through our church. Oh, about I don't know if you saw that. Earning it. Yeah. Yep. That's oh yeah. It's a good quote, man. So there is a lot of verses that you can look at. Um, here's a few that sort of tell you that that's not possible. Um, someone who has put their faith in Jesus Christ as a new creation, right? We know in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. It's gone. Mm. You're not just an improved version. You're entirely a new creature. So you can't, 
in order to go back, you would have to be destroyed, right? Does that make sense? Like you're new. First um, Peter 1, 18 and 19, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. The word redeemed means something has already been paid. The purchase has been made, right? We were Christ's death bought us mm-hmm. in this way. Um, Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are declared righteous. He isn't going to undeclare that. Um, for God so loved the world, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. It's eternal, right? Um, we know that you were uh, Ephesians one thirteen fourteen. You were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of salvation. When you believed, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, the praise of His glory. It's guaranteed. It's happening. Um, and, yeah, I'm trying to, oh, yeah, 11.29, um, Romans 11.29 says that God's gifts are irrevocable, mm. which means He doesn't take them away. And since we know it's the freely you know, gift of God, I guess mm-hmm. I didn't read that verse, huh? the gift of God one. It's important because if it ties with, God's gifts are irrevocable. Mm. So is that also in, in Romans? That's what I'm looking up. The gift yeah. of God one? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm looking up here. Gotcha. Something off the top of my head. Uh, Romans 6.23, that eternal. Uh, and even Ephesians 2.8 says, for it, is grace, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. <laughs> yeah. Ah, man. It's so crazy that so many you know, people are under the impression that you can lose your salvation. It's true, man. It's true. And then, of course, uh, you have the big verse we used, the one side is scary. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm-hmm. In order to have salvation, it's just an admission that you need God. You believe in Jesus Christ. In uh, Romans chapter 10, it says, if you confess with your lips and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and was raised from the dead, you will be saved. Mm. So, you know, that's so, it. That's some part that's kind of hard for people not Christianity because it gets so tied up with the doing the right things. Well, the truth is you you can't get yourself cleaned up because you don't even have the ability. Nope. We're so lost without God, such, you know, lost in our sin and our brokenness. That's why we can't fix ourselves, that we have to be made into a new creation, sealed with that Holy Spirit, which then enables us to start making those real changes. That's right. So anyway. So good, man. Good question. Absolutely. Is it me? Yes. All right. Uh, Why is Jesus the only way to heaven? I guess that kind of goes with it. Yeah, Jesus is the only way to heaven because uh, he is the Jesus is the one who died for all of our sins. So the only way, and Jesus says this, you know, that the only way to heaven is through him. You know, he you must follow Jesus Christ. You must accept him as your Lord and Savior in order to get to heaven. Um, Yeah. There is no other way. And the reason of that, he's, he's spot on. Specifically, the reason of that is because of, he's called the Lamb of God, the spotless Lamb of God, perfect. Yep. On the cross, two things happen. People only want to talk about the one if they're not Christian. He died for our sins, which means yep. he took our place in our punishment, right? That's right. The wages of sin are death. You just heard us read that in the eyes of God. And before you get upset, listen, God is the judge of what good is. The standard is perfection. He is holy. 
You must be holy as I am holy is what he says in the Bible. Well, we know we're not. That's right. And so because of that, if we're not holy, then we know we are sinful. And what are the wages of sin? It's death. Now listen, you may say I'm a pretty good person or my friend's a good person, but let me say this to you. What if I came into your house, let's say you're married or your parents, I came in, I killed your family members, I stole all your money, and I shot your dog. And when you came and found me the next day, I said, we went before the judge, and the judge looked at me, and, and I said to the judge, hey, I've been really good 364 days of this year. Yep. It was just that one day. The, and then the judge says, okay, let him go because he's a pretty good guy. No, that wouldn't be justice. Nope. We know the concept of justice. We just don't like the fact that we're guilty. So God is just, and we have wages to pay. We have a punishment. We have a death sentence. Mm. So that being said, the cross takes that. Okay, mm -hmm. God took that as our Jesus. Yeah, God, through his one and only son, God made flesh. Jesus Christ is God as well. Died for our sins. How much does he love us? For God so loved the world, they gave his only begotten son that those who believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. But here's the crazy thing. <laughs> it has to be Jesus too because something, if all we did was get forgiven for the sins we've had, then we just start racking the debt up again. That's right. So what something else has to happen, and I, I like to say it this way, on the cross, a divine transaction happens. That's right. We give Jesus our sin, and he gives us the benefits of his perfect life. If his life wasn't perfect, then we would be able to lose our salvation, mm. right? All those kinds of things. So it has to be because Jesus was the only sinless person. He's, you know, and uh, he stood in our place. So That's it's right. kind of funny when we got the question about Adam. Why do I have to get punished for Adam's and Eve's sin? What's even crazier is why do we get the benefit of God's perfect, of Jesus's perfect life? Mm. That's the real question. So even if that were true, we have the opportunity, <laughs> right? Through the disobedience of one man, sin entered the world, Romans says. But through the obedience of one man, how much more will life reign? How much more will grace abound, right? Bible's Jesus. So cool, man. Yeah. So if, hopefully that answers your question. Um, and the rest of them aren't true, right? Uh, there's a lot of reasons why. You know, most our, every other religion is about trying to get to God and improving ourselves, which is we can't. Mm. And, um, you know, Christianity is where God comes to us. That's right. So good, man. Anyway, um, uh, I think it's me already. Oh, no, it's you. Okay, next question is, is the Bible reliable? Ooh, is the Bible reliable? Yes. End of question. Is it reliable? Yes, it's reliable. Um, oh, let me look. You know what? I'm, I always talk about this. It's time to reference this. Reference okay. this. And while he's making the reference, I want to find this one stat. Go ahead. If you guys haven't, please go to www.theremnant.life slash real-talk and put in your anonymous questions, thoughts, concerns. Maybe it's a praise. Because we need it. <laughs> but for real, if you guys have a question, if you guys have any sort of topic, you know, anything you guys want to talk about or want us to talk about and you're just curious, go ahead and shoot it in there. It's completely anonymous. Couldn't find you if we tried. Yeah. So um, what's the word reliable? First off, we need to understand and define that. Reliable means trustworthy. That's right. Okay. So I'm going to give you um, one is that... You know, clearly not everything is is proven, uh, confirmed yet, just because we weren't there. However, when it comes to a track track record, the Bible has an incredible one. Um, not only have many of its historical 
uh, details been confirmed, but certain portions have been verified by archaeology. Um, so things like the presence of cities like Ur, which uh, skeptics doubted, engravings in Egyptian tomb uh, matches the description of the ceremony involving Joseph. Um, skeptics ex doubted the existence of the Hittites, which now we teach in history until a Hittite city complete with records was found in Turkey. Um, even miraculous occurrences of Genesis have evidence. Uh, there were ancient ba Babylonian records that describe a confusion of language, which goes with the biblical account of the Tower of Babel. Um, the city where Sodom and Gomorrah once sat have been found, and there is evidence of fiery and violent destruction. Um, even the plagues of Egypt have archaeological support. Um, That's insane, man. Yeah, man. It's I'm trying to find, though. That's so cool. <laughs> uh, the Old Testament as well shows all evidence of being reliably transmitted. Uh, there's a miraculous, meticulous process of transmission. Man, I'm trying to find. There are 800. I'm trying to find a very clear. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> for the New Testament, there are currently more than 5,000 manuscripts from the time, with most early copies between 200 years later and less, some less than 100 years. There's a better than 99% confidence in the contents of the original text because it's wow. been proven. That's just... Um, <laughs> that's insane. 99%. Yeah. Man, I really want to find... It's in my... Actually, it's probably in this Bible that I'm looking at, and I just realized I did not... Like in the notes? Yeah. I uh, think it is in here. That's hilarious. Huh. What is it? Finally. Okay, got I think it. I found it. Nice. Sorry, to scare you all. But it is in here. Man, um, I'm trying to find the specific uh, statistics. That's why I like mine. Well, we'll come back with that because I don't want to keep like buying, making. Yeah, well, is it about a specific like event that happened? or? Okay, here we go. Here's some things. The original date of Homer's Iliad, okay? Uh, it's number two most accurate from the oldest. The original composition dates were somewhere around 800 B.C. The earliest manuscripts we have are 400 B.C., which is over 400 years later than it was written. The time elapsed, the number of manuscripts is only 1,757. Okay. Aristotle's writings, same thing, goes all the way down. Even Caesar's Gaelic Wars, which we teach as facts, there was a 1,000 years between the original time it happened and the earliest manuscript. There's only 251 of those. Now, the New Testament's number one in comparison to ancient historical documents in reliability and um, accuracy. There was only 30 to 150 years between when everything happened in the New Testament and when the earliest manuscript. And guess how many manuscripts we have? Over 25,000. Oh, my goodness. So, <sighs> it's crazy, man, the percentages. Where's that stuff held at? Oh, all over the world. There's all. It's all over the world. Huh. Well, there's only, it's just crazy, you know, how God has moved in that. We don't get to hear about it a lot. No. Uh, so anyway, there's a lot of proof for it out there, guys. You just don't get told. No. Look it up. Go ahead and even look up. It's the Bible uh, Bible accuracy proof, or you'll find it in there. Gosh, that's crazy. Man. One of the coolest ones I found was an ancient Roman document written by a Roman historian um, from the time period in which he describes that there was an eclipse and earthquakes at the day of Jesus' crucifixion, which is wild. Oh, man. And that there were rumors, I'm pretty even rumors that dead men were walking around or like people were being seen and stuff. Yeah, oh, it's pretty gosh, wild. Man. 
Anyway, that was a lot of rambling for nothing. No, I loved it, dude. What are we, what are we so sitting cool. out of your fun turn? It's pretty good. Let's see if we got enough time to slide in one more. One more question. Oh, man. Which one did you just tell me? Um, I just asked if the Bible was reliable. Oh, yeah, that's right. Boy, I'll tell you what. Clearly, this show is so, so um, scripted. <laughs> yeah, man. Looking long, right at it. I got, I got it right below here. You know, to see, as a matter of fact, you know, like you said, like we, we just went through our section of like, fit, you know. I, honestly, I don't think, I don't think the rest of them that we have today are pretty long. I think we're yeah. pretty good. You have any other thoughts you want to close up the show with today? Um, other than, uh, the only thing I really have, guys, is, you know, take these questions that we answer here and just really like ponder on them. You know, whether it's factual of just the Bible or if it's something that relates to you in your life, like just really take it. And think about it. And, you know, our main one of our main goals of the show is to not just have you guys take us for what we say is right, but it's also so you guys can go to the Bible and see for yourself. That's why sometimes we go, I, we're not really sure. Check this no, out. That's like, good. Yeah. You know, it's it's to strengthen your guys' faith, not on, even on always on our own accord, but just point to the Bible so you can find out yourself. Um, I love you guys. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Uh, you know, if you guys are watching from Facebook, go ahead and like and share it and leave a comment below something about, you know, whether you liked it, what, what you liked about it, or if you have a question, or if you just want to say, we're, you know, we're, we're handsome. I don't know. Um, <laughs> if you're watching from YouTube, go ahead. <laughs> if you're watching from YouTube, go ahead and hit the subscribe button and click the notification bell because when you do it, it's going to go ding, and you guys will see us. Uh, you'll get a notification every time we post. If you're watching from Rumble, go ahead and leave us a Rumble. And also, if you're watching from Rumble, why don't you guys share the Rumble link around? Go ahead and do that, you know, because... If you don't know what Rumble is, go check it out. That's right. Rumble's really cool. It's the new and improved YouTube. Nice. I like it. Um, And also, you know, if you guys are like, yeah, we don't like to watch things, especially since it's 50-something minutes, we are on podcasts. You know, we're on Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora. We're everywhere. Uh, so go ahead and type in Real Talk Web Series to any one of your podcast players, and we should pop up, and you guys can give us a listen as well. And if there is an ability to leave a rating... Give us a five star rating if you like it. If you don't, don't do that. Um, don't don't leave a, don't leave a review, please. Yeah, reviews would do help for sure. Yes. Other than that, I love you guys and I appreciate you. Fun turn. He's good. Hey, love you guys both. AJ, fun turn. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Love you too. Love man. all of you guys out there that have been watching this show for the longest time. Yep. And who support us. <clears throat> Keep sending those good topics and questions in. If you have some that haven't got an answered yet, we got them on the list. They'll be next week, but keep oh, yeah. adding to that. We don't like to run out. No. Um, one other thing to say, I don't talk about this a lot. I've been told that as soon as I mention this, they shut it off. People are skeptical. Hey, this show, this podcast is given completely free. I'm not saying we're the highest end, but we've got pretty good quality. Mm -hmm. And it's supported by uh, a church, the Remnant Church here in uh, Whitley County, Indiana. If you're a person watching or listening to this show outside of this county, outside of the state, mm -hmm. would you consider donating um, to the show? It goes directly back into the show, and it's not going to, you know, I don't know. We're not driving fancy cars. It just goes into the production of the show and That's also right. helps the church, too, because, again, they give resources towards it. Yes. So if you want to consider it's completely tax deductible, you can go right now to your phone or your computer at www.theremnant.life slash give. When uh, you go to that, hit a, there's a drop-down box, go down to Real Talk, and go ahead and submit it, and it's completely tax-deductible, all that's that right. beautiful thing. Other than that, 
But if not, we'll still be here. Keep praying for us. We're praying for you. We love you. Appreciate you. If you haven't liked your page, I think you said that too. That's right. All that stuff. Uh, we hope you guys have a great, great day. Look forward to talking to you next week. And God bless you.